last weekend with the celebration of the baptism of the Lord, we begin reflecting on the active life of Christ. The baptism of Jesus was the beginning of his active ministry. He was no longer just in the background, just, just like the first 30 years of his life, but rather we see him in a very explicit way starting the mission entrusted to him by the Father. And in today's gospel, we saw the first call, his invitation to other people to collaborate with him in the work of evangelization, in the fulfillment of the mission entrusted to him. We heard the call of Andrew and, of course, his brother Peter and another unnamed disciple in the gospel story. And the call of Andrew and Peter and the unnamed disciple in the gospel that we have just heard is really instructive as to how we are also responding to this invitation to discipleship, to collaborate with him in the mission that has been given to us in virtue of our own baptism. So let's look at the story at closer detail. We were told that John was standing with two of his disciples, and then Jesus passed by, and John said, Behold the Lamb of God. It was John the Baptist who pointed his two disciples to the Messiah. Just remember the, the, the first person that you can think of, the person who has introduced you to Christ in a very meaningful and special way. I'm sure that most of us have probably been introduced uh, by our parents in virtue of our own baptism when we were a child. But think back also of that time when in your own personal decision, after, af after thinking about it, you have made the, the decision, yeah, I really want to enter into this relationship. Who facilitated that encounter with you? It was John the Baptist who made that encounter possible for these two disciples. And Jesus turned to them and asked them, what are you looking for? This is one of the most fundamental questions of life. What are you looking for? Same question that we can ask to our own selves at this point in our life right now. Depending on our life situations, we are looking for something different based on where we are in our own personal work and spiritual life. For a recent graduate, the answer is probably like, I'm looking for my dream job. For a person who had been diagnosed with cancer, I was just, I just anointed someone two days ago, really young, 20, 24 years old, and her leukemia was back, 
and I asked her, what's your greatest desire right now that I can pray for? And she said, Father, I just want to be given another chance to live. This is kind of her, her, her third chance. She, she recovered six years ago, and her, and her leukemia ap- appeared again just a few weeks before Thanksgiving. And I was talking with her, and she said, I'm just praying that God will give me a third chance to live. What are you looking for at this point in your life? And even for someone who said, I'm not really looking for anything. I'm not really looking for anything. But deep within us, we don't just want to be like a water lily, just just okay where the tide will going to bring us. Life is more than just eating. Life is more than just working. Life is more than just sleeping. There has to be some purpose and meaning to it. We're not just going through the flow, but rather, what is the ultimate desire of my heart right now? That was the question that Jesus proposed to the two disciples seeking him out. And they actually answered Jesus with a question Rabbi, where are you staying? Where are you staying? You know, the word stay is a very powerful word in the Gospel of John. It do, it's, it's not just a place, but rather in the Gospel of John, the answer to this is it is a relationship. The word stay for the Gospel of John is actually a relationship with a father. So we can say that when... when when the two disciples asked Jesus, where are you staying? And Jesus said, come and see. Jesus was not bringing them to a residence. Jesus was not bringing them to a retreat house. Jesus was not bringing them to a mountain. But rather, he is bringing, he is bringing them to the mission of the Father. So we can say that where Jesus is, is where the mission of the Father is fulfilled. (laughs) Jesus is when we do the will of God, when we do the will of God. One of the things that I realize also with this invitation, come and you will see, is that it's not coerced. It's not force. It is an invitation. We can say no, and we can say yes. But the openness, the openness of Andrew and the other unnamed disciple, and by the way, some biblical commentators were saying that the other disciple was unnamed because John wants us to put ourselves in the shoes of the unnamed disciple because that unnamed disciple can be any of us. 
can be any of us. But the question that we can ask ourselves is, how open am I to the invitation to this personal encounter with Jesus? How open am I to stay with Him? Looking at how long we have been baptized already and have been practicing the faith, therefore we have said yes to this invitation to come and see how long have I really stayed with Him in, a mo in the most genuine and real way? And how can I know that I stayed with Him in the most real and genuine way? By asking ourselves, how am I really collaborating in the mission of the Father, in the mission that Christ Himself took on in obedience to the Father? Listening is very, very important in fulfilling of the mission. That is why the story of Samuel in the first reading too is very instructive for our own discipleship. And Samuel at the beginning thought that it was Eli who was calling him. How many times sometimes when God calls us, we thought that it is not God who is calling us, but rather someone else. But we have to pay attention in order for us eventually to realize that it is God who is calling us. How has been our stay with Jesus? Andrew, the brother of Simon, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. And then after that experience, he could not just contain that experience. He has to share it with his brother, Peter, Simon. You know, this brings me also to my own experience in my own family. Um, I have been a priest for 10 years already, and in the middle of, my, of those 10 years, uh, my, uh, I think in my, in my third year of ministry, uh, in my third year of priesthood, my, younger, my youngest brother, started to be very curious about the priestly life. He asked me and who would send me messages and stuff. So how are things going? And whenever I, I had a chance to, 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 to take vacation, we would spend time talking about ministry and all of that. And I thought he was just being nice, <laughs> being curious as to what this life is all about until he told me that he was thinking of entering the priesthood as well. He was already a nurse that time, was working, so I, and uh, I'm sure he had a girlfriend that time too. So I, I was like, oh no, this is not going to happen. It's just, it's just impossible. But I was just answering his questions, and then he made his decision to enter the seminary. Even then, I was skeptical. You know, the, I said, oh, I don't know if he's, if he's gonna even, if he's, if he's even gonna stay for a year, or he's gonna finish this for even for a year. But he did. 
he finished the whole seminary formation. And I was actually inviting him. I told him, why don't you just stay in Portland? But he said, no, I'm just going to stay in California. It's, I don't want to be too close to you. <laughs> I don't know what it meant, but, you know, he said, I'm just going to stay in California. And he persevered, and he was ordained more than a year ago, so he's been a priest for a year already in the Diocese of Monterey. But it all started with a simple invitation when I said to him, well, if you really think about it, there is really no way to learn if this is the life for you if you try. Come and see. Come and see. It's interesting that that simple invitation was a turning point in his life, in, in making that decision. Who are those people in our lives where we can be that instrument of invitation? Come and see. But we can only be convinced of that come and see invitation if we ourselves have that real and personal encounter. And what do I mean by a real personal encounter with Jesus? If the gospel values and the values of Christ are the one that permeate our own lives, it's no longer the world's philosophy, it's no longer the secular ideology, it's no longer our politics that dictate the way we do things. That's when we have that personal encounter when everything that we do is shaped already by the gospel, is shaped by the gospel. What shapes your thinking or your philosophy right now in your life? Looking at your choices, looking at the things that you, that you fight for, the understanding of self, the understanding of personhood, the understanding of sexuality, the understanding of marriage, the understanding of human life. Where, what shapes you with that? Who shapes you? Who is shaping you? That what it, that's what this means, my dear friends, to truly have a personal encounter. That it is no longer I who lives in me, but Christ who lives in me. It is no longer I. That's what personal encounter is. But personal encounter, too, does it mean perfection? Look at Simon Peter. Yes, he stayed with Jesus for a very long time, for three years, but in the end, also, he had his failings, he had his weaknesses. To have a personal encounter with Jesus, does it mean to get it right, right away? But rather, it is a slow process of configuration to the very person of Jesus. It's like being molded, being reshaped according to the image that Christ has at the very beginning for us. Come and see. Let's join the band. In the end, Simon and Andrew's lives drastically change. The same change and transformation 
is being offered to us as well. Are you going to say yes to that invitation?